Well, people think that I wake up and I'm pissed off all the time, and that's just not true. I wake up with a song in my heart. You can ask the lovely Lee Ross. I'm going to have her on maybe next week, and we'll discuss. Yeah, I don't like anybody in the media. Well, I do like some TV guys, but I don't like anybody in the print media because they're all full of crapola, and I don't like people that are full of crapola. But I got to tell you, today I'm running hot. I am. I'm running hot. Look, I'm so happy that here comes Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden has his little motorcade, all the black limos, all the black Tahoes or whatever, costing the taxpayers zillions of dollars in familiar territory, a courthouse in Delaware. And what what does this clown do? His lawyers don't know that. Well, guess what? The judge got a little surprise for you, HB. Yes, she do. She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on here a second. Now, Explain to me what this bad boy is all about. Well, we're going to give Hunter Biden immunity to everything. We're doing what now? We're, 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 and this is the crux of it. We're, we're, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going to give Hunter Biden immunity for all of his drug dealing crimes, which means he can't be charged for anything. And the judge goes, hey, wait a second here. This doesn't seem right. Does, hey, Eddie, does this seem right to you? No, it don't seem right to me. Seem right to you, Frankie? Oh, hell no, it doesn't seem right to me. What? The fix was in, and we know the fix was in. The fix was in easy. They were trying to slide this sweetheart deal by a judge who was an actual human. Now, if this was AI, maybe you could slide it past. But this judge gave them two, well, three, four words. Nay, nay, Nanook. Nuh-uh. This ain't happening. No, and the judge said, wait a second here. We're not doing this. We're going to have to do something that, well, represents what you did. We're going to have to do something that represents, like, justice here. Not tear justice, not, well, you're a Biden, so we're going to kiss your ass. No, 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 no. And, of course, CNN was flipping out. CNN was, well, you know, I, I, I don't understand. How could this happen? This is unbelievable. No, no, Judge Norica said, wait a second here. Hold on. Now, if you don't comply, Hunter Biden, with certain certain rules here, no alcohol, no drugs, including marijuana, he's going to be arrested and charged with contempt of court. Look, avoiding drugs and alcohol for Hunter Biden appears to be like telling you and me not to breathe. Don't breathe. Don't breathe. No, 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 don't breathe. He's got to continue to seek employment. Dude made $1.5 million last year. He didn't put it on his taxes, but $1.5 million is what he must do. Got to start an education program. This is the smartest guy Joe Biden's ever known. This is the smartest man our president has ever known, and he's got to get educated. He's got to not get a passport. Contact none, directly or indirectly, with people who may be a victim or witnesses. I love it. There's two boxes for alcohol. One says not at all. One says excessively. Do not use alcohol. One box not at all. One box excessively. Guess which one they checked? Not at all. He can be randomly drug tested. There is no curfew. They were thinking about putting a curfew in. Now, he's got to go to therapy. Again, this is the smartest man Jersey Jolton Joe Biden knows. 
This man right here. Look, I'm the dumbest man you know. No, I am. I'm in the top five dumbest. I read about me every day on Twitter, but I've never had these kind of sanctions put on me because maybe I'm smart enough, knock on wood, to not put myself in this position. But could you imagine? Could you imagine the running around right now at the White House? Can you imagine the if, if he's coherent right now? Can you imagine him putting up, meaning Joe Biden, taking the phone and ripping ass? I mean, just screaming at people because his beloved Hunter Biden His beloved son, the smartest man he knows, walks into a courtroom and some judge actually has, oh, I don't know, I don't know, actually has some integrity, actually isn't afraid to stand up to a crime family. Oh, Chicapesta, my eyes are burning. My favorite, though, is, hey, Hunter, you got to go get a job. Huh? Job? Well, I I have a job. I'm in charge of... Hunter Biden, Inc. No, you got to go get like a really, really job. You know what I mean? I mean, the real beauty of this, the real beauty is going back, and I'll move along, but the real beauty of this is corporate media, Democrats all over the place, try to sell us on this Hunter Biden plea agreement wasn't dirty. They tried to sell us that the Department of Justice wasn't corrupt. They tried to sell us that this thing was on the up and up. Now, I want you to think about that. That's what they tried to sell us. Nothing to see here. No two-tier justice. And one judge, one judge in one morning, late afternoon, whatever the hell it was, shot the entire thing down. And what do I hear? Nothing. I don't hear nothing. From anybody. I don't hear nothing from any of these folks. I don't hear anybody saying, well, I was wrong. I don't hear anybody saying, well, maybe we should look into the Department of Judge. I don't hear any of it. None. None. All because a judge, Judge Norica, said, ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you, this stinks. This absolutely stinks. And it got boom, 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 boom. And here's the last thing. What does Hunter Biden actually provide? What does Hunter Biden benefit? What's the benefit from the United States having Hunter Biden riding or running around? Like, what's the real benefit? The only benefit of this fake plea agreement was to protect Joe Biden. But literally, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, Joe Biden, his son Hunter, has nothing to offer. Like, when you got to tell the dude to get a job, stay off weed, stay off, you're a common criminal. There's nothing to offer. He has zero. Why should he get off? Why should Hunter Biden get off? I don't know. Only because he's the president's son? Man, thank goodness for a judge with some balls. Uh, Negotiating through Twitter. Like, all right, I'm wearing my Colts shirt today because I am all in on Jimmy Ursay. So last night, last night, some little agent guy, secret agent guy for Jonathan Taylor came back 
And my guy, he's my guy, Jimmy Ursay. Yeah, he is. He's my guy. So he comes back at Jimmy Ursay. Jimmy Ursay was basically talking about, hey, look, the running back situation. We have negotiated a CBA that took years of effort and hard work to get done and in good faith by both sides. To say now that a specific player category wants another negotiation after the fact is inappropriate. Some agents are selling bad faith. Well, interesting deal. You see there. Okay. Now, you're looking down at the bottom. That was last night. 9,681 views. It has now gotten... 3.2 million views. And there's a reason. There's a reason. Because guess what? Jonathan Taylor, star running back, who says he elevated the franchise to a 4-12-1 record, well, his agent was cranky. His agent wasn't having it. His agent, some dude, let me make sure I get his name right. Uh, I don't know. I don't care, was mad. Bad faith is not paying your top offensive player. Well, I would argue they did pay their top offensive player, Quentin Nelson. Malki Kawa is mad. And when Malki Kawa gets mad, you know we're all supposed to stand up. We're all supposed to go, hey, Malki's mad. Like, who is this guy? Well, he's Jonathan Taylor's agent. He's Jonathan Taylor's agent, and I got no problem. I never have a problem, never will have a problem, cannot have a problem with anybody sticking up for their client. But you're going to do it seriously? You're going to do it on Twitter with a billionaire owner of an NFL team? What are you, a child, Melky Kawa? What are you? What, 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 what are we doing here? Melky Kawa says bad faith is not paying your offensive player. Well, I would argue this. Bad faith would be not paying him market value. So if they decided we're not paying Jonathan Taylor what the market says we're paying him, that's bad faith. But it's in good faith when you pay him market value. And since when is millions of dollars to run a football 500 times a year uh, bad faith? Look, if Jimmy Ursay said, hey, look, I know we've got a running back here. That's pretty good, but we're going we're gonna to shortchange him. That's bad faith. But when you pay him market value, that's good faith. But when you're an idiot, now, all you got to do is look at this guy's Twitter picture and know he's like that white guy that wears a white T-shirt, a gold chain, shaves his head. He weighs about 300 pounds and goes to NBA games, and every time a black guy dunks, He puts his hands over his face and goes, oh, you've seen him. Or the fat-ass white guy, that's what this guy looks like. The fat-ass white guy that wears a jersey and doesn't wear a T-shirt under, and he's got all the side boobs flapping, and whenever a brother makes a move, oh, he goes nuts. And he runs around, and he looks around to see if other dudes are looking at him. That's what this agent is. We don't need children in the agent industry. We need adult males. I'm sitting here in Indianapolis, and I'm watching the reaction, and 99.9% of the people are going, who's this idiot? 
Like, who's this? Who, what, what is this? We're negotiating, as Gritty Jennifer, Jen Gritty, Gritty Jen said, we're negotiating on Twitter? I think that's bad business. If I'm Jonathan Taylor, I may not fire him because I have some equity with the guy, but I got to tell you, yo, the hell out of my business. I got a headache. You're giving me a headache. You're giving me a headache. Hey, I ain't mad at Travis Kelsey. Look, here's the deal. You got to shoot your shot. When you're hot, you're hot. When you're not, you're not. That's a famous song from the 70s. Look it up. When you're hot, you're hot. When you're not, you're not. All right? Well, Travis Kelsey's hot right now. He went to the White House, made an idiot of himself, which gives him cachet. He's won Super Bowls, which gives him cachet. I heard the other day, I think it was yesterday, I was watching a show, and they said Travis Kelsey's the best tight end ever. Wow. Mike Ditka was pretty good. John Mackey was pretty good. Kellen Winslow was pretty good. I don't know. Gronk was pretty good. There's some pretty good tight ends. But they said that Travis Kelsey's the best tight end ever, so he's hot right now. He took a swing, not a physical swing. Uh, he, he shot his shot to try to get with Taylor Swift. Hey, why not? Why not? I mean, I don't know. If you're hot, you, what, who are you going to try to get with? I don't know. Sweet Susie from the end of the block? Maybe if you were in love with Sweet Susie your whole life. I was in love with a girl that was my neighbor Uh, I never really took a shot, and I regret it. I do. So Travis Kelsey, I think there's video with this. I think we have video of Travis Kelsey talking about making Taylor Swift a love bracelet. What are we, in eighth grade? Here we go. Let's hear. Made her a bracelet? Yeah. If you're up on uh, Taylor Swift concerts, there are friendship bracelets, and I received a bunch of them being there, but I wanted to give Taylor Swift one with my number on it. Not right now. Your number's in 87 or your phone number? You know which one. Yeah, your number is 87. Hey, I'm Travis Kelsey, 87. No, baby. I'm Travis Kelsey, 317-555-1212. Yeah, I am. Hey, took a swing. Who the, who, uh, you should. Seriously. Like, when I was uh, divorced, I took a swing. I called Lee Ross. Next thing you know, the hottest, coolest woman, smartest, funniest, best woman in America is married to me. You got to take a swing. Nah, I'm sorry. You do? What's he got to lose? Hey, Travis Kelsey, 87. Yeah, baby. All right, there's a coach. He's at, at Charlotte. Charlotte has football. Did you know this? I'm not talking about NFL football. I'm talking about college football. University of Charlotte, Charlotte University, I don't know. They got football. Apparently they play against Memphis and those type teams, but that may have all changed. But the coach is mad. The coach shows up at media day, and really no one knows that the Charlotte 49ers got them some football. Even the media is like, yeah. Guy's name is Biff Poggy. Biff Poggy or Poggy is at the, at the podium, and he's looking around. And he's like, hey, what are we doing here? No one's asking me any questions. The Biffer's pissed. Let's hear from the Biffer. Any other questions for Coach? That's it? Three questions? Maybe that's because you have us ranked last. That's all what you think of us. <laughs> so that, that, we get that message. Thank you. Okay, Biffer. All right, Biffer. 
I'm not mad at you, Biff. Uh, Biff Polkaroba is the only Biff that I knew other than in the movies. Wasn't Biff like the pain in the ass in one of those Back to the Future movies? But the Biffer's mad. And I'll give Biff credit, man. Look at the size of my head. Look at the size of his head. That's two big glavas right there. That's a lot of handsome. But anyway, so Biff's mad because Charlotte only got three questions. And you know what? He, he went Kevin Spacey in House of Cards. Remember Kevin Spacey used to tap his ring? By the way, Kevin Spacey got off on all charges. Let's get him back on House of Cards. Come on, Hollywood. You've done worse things than that. Side note, Kevin Spacey back on House of Cards gives me something to watch. Let's go. You don't need anybody else on that show. You just need Kevin Spacey. Get him back on. I digress. Ice Cube not happy with Adam Silver. Now, Ice Cube's one of my guys. I should have sent you guys a picture of me and Ice Cube. I'm dropping deuces. Uh, At break, I'll find it and I'll get it to you. Ice and I were chilling together at uh, ESPN one day. That's how we rolled. We got down and dirty. Yeah, we did. (laughs) No, we didn't. But anyway, the NBA is full of great slogans, and they write Black Lives Matter in the court, and they do all those things. But pretty full of ish when the rubber meets the road. I'm just saying it's easy for them to put that on the court. takes a little more effort to really care to work with a league like the Big Three. You really got to want to make a difference. The Big Three is his three-on-three league. It's black-owned. And Ice Cube, if I were the NBA, I would work with him just because of what Ice Cube has done for the African-American community. Now, there are a lot of people that think Ice Cube has not been good for the African-American community. There's been a lot of that on Twitter that, well, because of his gangster rap, it's portrayed African-Americans in a negative light and it's inspired violence. I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I'm not one of those white guys that was really into gangster rap. I was into coaching and winning. I wasn't into soft rock, 70s rock, or gangster rap, or non-gangster rap. Or, uh, I, I, I did like the Sugar Hill Gang because every white girl, uh, when I was a senior in high school in the 80, 81, liked the Sugar Hill Gang. And I did like Rick James' Super Freak, and I brought it back to Maryville, Indiana. But anyway, long story short, uh, I, I don't know what he did or didn't do, but I do know this. Dude's bright. Dude's really bright. Dude's smart. Dude's an entrepreneur, a real entrepreneur, not just a fake entrepreneur. He's real. And if I were the NBA, I would want him as an advocate, not as an adversary. Uh, Joe Burrow's extension is all the rage. Joe Burrow is like, hey, we got to figure this out. Mike Brown is historically cheap. Mike Brown owns the Cincinnati Bengals. Mike Brown is a guy that up until recently had absolutely no analytics department, had no real scouting department. He was old school as old school gets in Cincinnati whenever they had a problem, which they've had a lot for the Bengals over the last years, always did one thing and one thing only, and that was blame Mike Brown. Bengals lose, guy misses a field goal, Mike Brown sucks. Bengals lose. Guy throws four interceptions. Oh, Mike Brown sucks. What did Mike Brown have to do with Kenny Anderson throwing it to the other team? Or Boomer Esiason? I don't know, but he did. Okay. But Mike Brown is saying now, hey, look, we got to figure out the salary cap. Joe Burrow's deal impacting the salary cap is important to us. Oh, okay. It should be. 
And by all accounts, Joe Burrow, who grew up very, very short distance, Athens, Ohio, is not very far from the natty. Joe Burrow wants to stay there. Joe Burrow is Ohio. Joe Burrow is the Cincinnati, is whatever, the Cincinnati Bengals. Show the man his monies. KGB. Show the, give the man his monies. After Matt Damon cleaned him out. Give the man his monies. Don't splash the table. I, it's my club. I splash the table. Anyway. Uh, apparently, Debo Samuel's big shirtless guy. Hey, look, I got to tell you, I tell my stepson all the time, if I looked like him, I'd never wear a shirt. Now, I'd go to church shirtless. I'd walk around. I'd go to nursing home shirtless just to give the old gals a thrill. I would. I'd walk into the store shirtless. You never know what you're going to find. You want to know what you could find? See Animal House. The Dean's Wife. Hmm. I'd go everywhere shirtless. Apparently, Debo Samuels, who's built like a brick you-know-what, Debo Samuels likes it shirtless, and he likes to send him to his coach. Kyle Shanahan says, hey, look, I love Debo Samuels. Remember a year ago at this time they were scrapping? Debo Samuels was mad. He had to run inside. He had to run outside. He had to catch passes. He had to do a lot of stuff. But Kyle Shanahan's like, hey, Debo Samuels has gone to work. And he keeps sending the coach shirtless selfies. That's how I got Lee Ross to break up with her fireman boyfriend. I started sending her shirtless selfies. That's right. She got all this, but then she got all this. I never went below the waist because that would have been too much. But I get you, Debo Samuels. I do. I get you big time, baby. You and I are kindred spirits. When you got it, flaunt it. There's no reason just to hide it. You know what I'm talking about, Jennifer Gritty. You know what I'm saying out there. When you got all this, hey, you wear the wife beater, you wear the, you wear the, well, nothing. You wear the real tight shirt and you let the world see it. You let the world have a look. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I still got Michigan fans mad at me because, well, it's not my fault that Jim Harbaugh's a cheat and a liar. It's their fault. Uh, so Adam Silver got called by Kevin Durant. I wanted to get weed removed, Durant said. He didn't want weed any longer on the banned list because every NBA dude smokes weed like it's their job. I had a player once tell me, Jamarcus Ellis, a coach, to the brothers, quote, Smoking weed is like drinking beer to you white guys. I couldn't argue with him. I actually called him, advocated for him to take marijuana off the ban list. I just felt like it was becoming a thing around the country, around the world, that this stigma behind it wasn't as, as negative as it was before. It doesn't affect you in any negative way. It's the NBA, man. Everyone does it, to be honest. It's like wine at this point. Now, weed's really not great for you. I know I'm, I'm in the minority here. But driving on weed, bad. Like, thinking on weed, bad. But, hey, if the NBA, if everyone does it, well, then we got to do it. And the whitest of all white men, Adam Silver. Look, Adam Silver is so white, he's clear. Like, this is glorious. This has been in the sun. Vitamin D just oozes from my pores. But Adam Silver, man, that dude is so white, he's clear. And everybody that is really, really white just nods their head. Nods their head when they get some, some, some 
type of recognition from an African-American. Watch it next time. I got guys that were on my old radio station I used to tell, look, don't change the way you talk just because you got an African-American guest. Like white dudes just absolutely straighten up, change the way they talk, and start nodding their head because they want to be down. Nobody wants to be down more than white dude. (laughs) And Adam Silver is the whitest of the white folk. Hey, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, My brother keeps wanting me to go back to Vegas. I go to Vegas with my brother and my nephew and a bunch of dudes. We play golf. Rio Seiko is a great golf course. True story. I go to bed at 9. I do. I'm done. I'll play golf all day. I'll get up at 7. I'll play golf until the cows come home. 75,000 holes. But I'm so tired of seeing pigs walking around. I'm so tired of seeing things that I just don't need to see. I can gamble on my phone. I don't need to be at a casino where I've got swine walking around in like shirts that are 10 sizes too small. Well, this is also what you see. We had a brawl in a Vegas casino. Women throwing hands. Women fighting like animals. True story, just fighting. I don't know how else to describe it. Turns out one of them is an executive at LeBron James's tequila company. Let's take a look at the ladies throwing some hands. Look at these. Oh, all right. Okay. Look, look here. Look at these clowns. Look at this. Look at the one on the right. She's just pulling on cops, pulling hair. Look at these idiots. Cops got this biggin' down. Another biggin's around. This lady is an executive. Look at this. Look at that. Look at what that thing is wearing. Look at this. These aren't human beings. These aren't. Look at the Nature Channel and what? Look at these people. Oh, we're just going to fight in the middle of a casino. Well, we don't care. This woman is apparently an executive of LeBron James' tequila company. Really? Seriously. How about we class it up? I mean, just a little bit. Like the thigh tattoo is equivalent to the face tattoo. Like if I see a dude with a face tattoo, I'm not hiring. If I see a woman with a big fat thigh tattoo, I'm done. Some booty shorts, a thigh tattoo, and a tank top 10 sizes too small, there's Vegas for you. I don't like it. And this young lady is an executive. Yeah, really? Hey, uh, I'm really interested in carrying LeBron's tequila. Wait a second. Aren't you that thing that was in a fight in a Vegas casino being held down by a cop? Uh, Nice to see you, lady. I think I'll take my action elsewhere. But hey, it's LeBron. Yeah, LeBron this. Seriously. We're going to throw hands in a Vegas casino. I'm going to the YouTube chat. Anybody throwing hands in a Vegas casino? Anyone? Anyone? I don't know. Uh, Cody F says, where has this show been all my life? You're damn right. That's what we do. My God. I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this. Ugh. Uh, Kenny Road is going to join us, the road man. If you know anything about Cleveland sports, you know the road man is the thing. The road man is the man. He's not kind of the man. Uh, Deshaun Watson's playing the victim card. Yeah, he is. Deshaun Watson's playing the victim card. We're starting our NFL preview, and we're starting it with the road man, Kenny Rhoda, an icon in the city of 
Cleveland. Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, because guess what? Deshaun Watson is playing the victim card. I'm surprised he hasn't gone to the race card. And Kenny Rhoda, and I ain't having it. Man, Tracy McGrady baffled by James Harden. I got a lot to get to. Northwestern didn't show up for Big Ten Media Day. This show is the best. Go tell your friends right now. We'll be right back with The Roadman from Cleveland, Kenny Rhoda. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. He is the Kenny Rhoda. He is the Roadman. He is the legend of all things sports in the great city of Toledo, of Cleveland. Look, when I was at Bowling Green, I learned to love Cleveland. I did. I used to go there all the time. I just liked it. I don't know why. I like cities like Cleveland or Gary, Indiana or Toledo. I don't know. I just do. So leave me alone. Roadman coming off surgery, but he plays hurt. It's what we do on this show. Uh, Deshaun Watson your take is he's done everything right thus far in Cleveland, eh? Since everything went down in Houston and the Browns gambled on Deshaun Watson, him, Watson giving him the largest contract in NFL history of guaranteed money, and it is still the largest guaranteed contract, right? $230 million. Uh, he would have to walk the straight and narrow, obviously, uh, in order for things to work in Cleveland. And while last season on the field wasn't great, Dan, he was 3-3 three and three and six starts, Seven touchdowns, five interceptions, a terrible quarterback rating. He did everything off the field right, and they feel that uh, they may not admit this publicly, Dan, but last year was a throwaway season. They knew there was all kind of crap that was going to come with him uh, with his sexual misconduct. 23 uh, cases, I think, have been solved. There's two more that, uh, or I should say resolved. Uh, There are two more out there uh, that are, are pending right now. But they they knew last year was going to be a throwaway, and they finished last in the division, seven and ten. But Watson got back to playing football, and then this entire offseason and now into training camp because they've started early. They're going to play in the Hall of Fame game on August third against the Jets in Canton, Ohio, where JT and I do our radio show. So we're looking forward to that. He's been supposedly, according to Jimmy Haslam and Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski, a model citizen since he's been here, and he's eager to show that he is more at quarterback than Deshaun Watson from Houston than what we saw last year in Cleveland. Yeah, we're going to see. He's saying, you know, a little bit of complaining here about the media controlling the narrative. You're not getting away quickly from what happened in Houston, meaning it's going to take a few years. And the better you play, don't you agree, the more people will forget or or at least not bring up what happened in Houston? Absolutely. He created that narrative, right? It's on him. So you're right. It's going to take a while. And uh, if he starts winning games, especially early this season, you and I were talking off the air, the first four games for the Browns this year, they open up with the Bengals, with Jackpot Joey, right? Then they go uh, and play the Steelers in week two, the Titans in week three, and then the Ravens in week four with Lamar Jackson back in the fold. So three of their first four games are divisional games. They finished last in the division last year. So if you want to make the playoffs, the best way to do so is to win your division. You get a home game. Well, we're going to find out early about Deshaun Watson, about this team that was 
really uh, readjusted, if you will, on defense in the offseason if those moves are going to pay off on the field. But this team will go as far as Deshaun Watson takes them. The Roadman joins us, and everybody in Cleveland on our YouTube chats digging the Roadman. They love the Roadman. Here's the deal. Uh, Sean Black from from Cleveland, from the Cleveland area, asks, Hey, ask the Roadman, how big a difference will there be with a new defensive coordinator in Cleveland? Huge. Joe Woods, terrible last year. They go out and they get a proven winner, a former head coach, a Super Bowl champion coach with the Eagles in Jim Schwartz, and he wants uh, an attacking defensive line. His approach, and we saw it work, uh, you know, with the Eagles when they beat the New England Patriots. Dan, what do you do to beat Tom Brady? You rush four, you drop seven. You create pressure with the four guys up front, and Miles Garrett is as good as there is in the league at getting to the quarterback. 16 sacks last year, 18 tackles for loss, I think 28 quarterback pressures. You uh, trade for Zadarius Smith, uh, Delvin Tomlinson. So they've improved the defensive line. Uh, adding Juan Thornhill on the backside from the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs improves a weak secondary from a year ago, with the exception of Denzel Ward. So the moves they've made on the defensive side of the ball with the coordinator and Schwartz, may the Schwartz be with you, Dan, as well as uh, the moves they've oh. made on the line and in the secondary, uh, this should be a better attacking defense. All right. I see the Ohio State hat. I got to ask. Ryan Day yesterday mentioned moving the Michigan-Ohio State game. That's blasphemy. You just <laughs> shut up and let that game happen and win it once in a while if you're Ryan Day, right? Well, I, I think the reason people are asking is they feel with the way the new schedule will work and no divisions starting next year that Ohio State and Michigan are going to finish 1-2, and 2-1, two, two and one, uh, every year or every other year. So do you want them playing uh, the last game of the regular season and then having to play in the Big Ten Championship? And so that's why I think uh, he, he kind of put a different spin on it. I'm with you. You keep it the last game and let the hype build up for a whole week if you have to play a second time. So, I yeah, I'm not on the same page with Ryan Day on that one. I don't think anybody is. I don't think anybody – if you want to bring fans together from Michigan to Ohio State – Talk about moving the big game and then everybody will lose their mind. I heard that. I get what he's saying. I do. I get what you're saying, too, about you're playing back-to-back. But come on. That's that's one of, I don't know, two maybe in the country in terms of rivalries. Yeah, for me, Ohio State-Michigan football, North Carolina-Duke basketball, though those are one and two in, in any pecking order depending on uh, you know what, what part of the country you're from. Hey, Roadman, uh, a couple of other things. Um, when you look at the AFC North, and you mentioned the schedule that's coming, let's talk about it a little bit. Kenny Pickett in his second year, uh, you know what? Kenny Pickett looked okay to me in, in replacing Joe Burrow. They ought to talk about his contract, but screw that. The man can go ahead and ball, and the Ravens got Lamar Jackson back, so I assume he's happy. This might be as good a division as there is in football, if not the best. Yeah, without question, especially when you look at the quarterbacks, right? Deshaun Watson threw for 4,800 yards his last year in Houston um, and is one of the all-time leaders, or I should say was, going into last season as far as quarterback rating all-time. Jackpot Joey, been to the Super Bowl. Lamar uh, Jackson, an MVP. So this is a dominant 
division when it comes to quarterbacks. Jury's still out on Kenny Pickett. His numbers weren't great, but they won games down the stretch, and they're going to rely on him not to make mistakes as opposed to making big plays and, and trust that their defense will get the job done for them. So, yes, I agree with you. I think you could have two teams at least coming out of this division uh, for the playoffs, and dare I say three, but the reason I probably wouldn't put any money down on one of my apps on my phone on having three come out of that division is they're going to beat up on each other, right? They've got to play each other twice uh, throughout the year, so uh, it, it's going to be tough for three, but if they can play well outside of the division, there's the possibility of that happening. You know, uh, I do want to ask you about something that is kind of taken over and created a life of its own. I've said this about Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, the divorce, we're going to keep score, right? We're going to keep how Tom Brady does, and we're going to keep score how Belichick does. And obviously, Brady is the winner right now. Do you think that Belichick is or should be on any type of hot seat? No. Uh, Bill Belichick, arguably the greatest NFL coach of all time. Yes. You have to have players to win championships, but you have to be able to get the most out of those players, much like Phil Jackson got the most out of Kobe and Shaq in L.A. and Michael and Dennis Rodman and uh, Scottie Pippen uh, in Chicago, Steve Kerr and the job that he's done with the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, you need superstar players to win championships. But you have to keep that locker room together. You have to keep that team together playing uh, united, especially in the big games. So you're right right now. Brady has the edge over Belichick because Belichick hasn't won without Brady. Brady did so without Belichick. But if Belichick were to go in there and, and win a championship without Brady, then the pendulum swings the other way and Brady can't do anything more now because he's retired or at least he says he is. Well, right. And we're going to be keeping score until they're both retired. That, that's how, you know, I said that at the time because there is a clear line. Last thing, Cleveland Browns, what are fan expectations? How do you see this? Is this a 500 team? Is this a playoff team? Where, bottom line, your thoughts as we move towards, I don't know, preseason games. With everything they did in the offseason, Jim Schwartz coming over as the defensive coordinator. Elijah Moore added uh, to the wide receiver room with Donovan Peoples-Jones and Amari Cooper. Deshaun Watson back for a full-year off-season, in-season training camp with Kevin Stefanski. Andrew Barry on the hot seat. Kevin Stefanski on the hot seat. Absolutely. This is a playoff or bust year for the Cleveland Browns. The minimum is at least making the playoffs. My expectations, a $230 million quarterback, the moves they made, this is at least one victory in the postseason type of season for me and the Cleveland Browns. This is about winning now. You have that window, and he's in year number two of a five-year deal. You have that window. You better start winning now, or uh, we're looking at changes with the head coach, the general manager. Who knows what else if they fail to make the playoffs, and especially if they're under 500 like they were again last year. Our guy, Jonathan Taylor, and his agent, his agent actually on Twitter yesterday went at Jimmy Ursay. It was really stupid. Is Nick Chubb solid? Where's Nick Chubb in this whole running back, uh, we're mad conspiracy thing? 
I, I think he's fine. He's never been one to uh, cause a ruckus or uh, be a distraction with this football team. And so I don't worry with Nick Chubb about anything. On the field, I think he's the best all-around running back in the National Football League. No Kareem Hunt this year. So we're going to see maybe more of Nick Chubb catching the ball out of the backfield, playing more downs. Uh, they may not run it as much now that you have Deshaun Watson, who wants to throw it but can also run himself. But I, I think the, the Browns have the best running back in the league. He will not be a problem in the locker room. And whenever his contract is up, he'll deal with it then. He is focused on trying to help this team win. And they need everybody focused on trying to help this team win this year and get in the postseason. Kenny and JT, 1480 WHBC. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a true radio legend. A true, like a lot of people get made up as radio this is the man who started talk radio, sports talk radio in Cleveland. He's the road man, Kenny Rhoda. Thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure, Dan. Talk to you soon. That's Kenny Rhoda, and I'm with him. Look, hey, uh, Deshaun Watson, a couple things, can say whatever he would like, but he created it. But also, if he's done everything right in that city and he's done everything right in that building like Kenny's talking about, I think you should have high expectations. Look, it's great that you read all of these guys signing these big deals. It's wonderful. Yay, Ryan. Hey, Jalen Hurts, go get him. Justin Herbert, great job. Deshaun, but now you got to play to it. You do. You got to play to it. And at least Hurts took a team to the Super Bowl. It's time, really, if Deshaun Watson, who everybody tells me is so great. I watched Deshaun Watson. I thought he was terrific. I also thought I, wa I watched him fumble twice inside the five-yard line. I did against the Colts, and he costs his team games. I'm just telling you, that's the way this goes. You sign these deals, now you got to live up to it. And the day of reckoning is coming soon. It is. Hey, quarterback's got fair market value. Running back, our guy, Jonathan Taylor, you know, his agent is mad, he's cranky, he's upset, he goes to Twitter, uh, Gritty Jen called him out, which we loved. You don't negotiate on Twitter. You negotiate privately. You put your case together, and you try to get the best deal you can. You lose the public when you do things as an agent, like negotiate and going at the owner publicly. I know people love players. I get that you love Jonathan Taylor. I get I'm wearing my Colts shirt today because I support the Colts no matter what. I rip them but I support him, but you do not go out there and say publicly, well, then you got to pay your best offensive player when you're 4-12-1. 4-12-1. There ain't no best nothing. Like somebody going to gain yards on a football team. Somebody going to catch a pass on a bad football team. It's like I always say about basketball. Somebody's going to be the leading scorer, the leading rebounder, the leading assist guy, the leading steals guy on a bad team. But I don't want to hear from you when you're a bad team. Who does? Nobody wants to hear from you when you're a crap team. Man. So shut up, Jonathan Taylor's agent. Just shut up. Leave us alone. Seriously, leave us alone. Let us enjoy our offseason and our optimism. 
Your client is on the pup list for crying out loud. I'm sorry. I just had to get that in again because, well, I'm a little pissed off. But hey, uh, this is side note. I read this. Margot Robbie revealed she paid off her mom's mortgage after becoming rich and famous. Hey, look, I just paid off my mother-in-law's. What the hell? I mean, me and Margot Robbie, I don't get the credit I deserve for being a great dude. I'm just saying. I am. I'm just saying. I just paid off my mother-in-law. Some shysters got a reverse mortgage. And so I paid it off. That's right. I would have paid it off when she was alive if I'd have known. Because that's the kind of good dude that I am. Bingo. (laughs) Tracy McGrady is baffled by James Harden, so we just must speak. James Harden, I don't understand for the life of me what James Harden is doing. I'll tell you what James Harden is doing. He's getting $35 million to be mediocre. Hey, all you guys on the YouTube chat, we got a big Twitter audience today. Let me ask you a simple question. $35 million to do what? What? Squat. Uh Uh-oh, I'm out of the Zoom meeting. What did I do? Something happened. I don't know. Anyway... I don't understand for the life of me. I look at all the teammates he's played with. James has probably played with more Hall of Famers than anyone in the league, and he doesn't have a ring to show for it. I don't know what he's looking for. And maybe there's some internal BS that's going on that we don't know about. Oh, I guarantee you that. But you are not one to speak, Tracy McGrady. Tracy McGrady is the original, I don't have to do anything, and I get big shoe deals. Now it's all the rage. We got some guy named Coos pimping uh, Puma. I go up to Chicago and I see Zach Levine pimping everything. Tracy McGrady is the poster child for not having to do squat, not having to do blank, nothing, and getting big deals. So shut up, Tracy McGrady. Just shut up. You literally are the poster child for doing nothing and getting big deals. Nah. Hey, did you see this? Donald Cerrone? Donald Cerrone wants to beat the hell out of your guy, and he is your guy. Andrew Tate. Donald Cerrone ain't having it. Donald Cerrone is saying, look, well, let's hear from Donald Cerrone. You guys follow this stuff. Andrew Tate. You got everyone calling and blowing my phone up when I'm out here on vacation. Talking about allegations you want to try and fight me. If I come up to you, it's not a good idea to save your face, bro. Please. Okay. Back in the day when me and Joe Schilling always used to watch videos because he wanted to fight you and you ran like a little girl your entire career. Bro, are you kidding me? I'll knock the out of you. I'm a real fighter. You're a fake wannabe fighter made up a bunch of world championship belts that you bought off eBay. Are you kidding me? Uh, I love how you have all your followers thinking that you're something great. Now, you're a great speaker and a moneymaker and a social media fanatic. I'll give you that, sure, but can you fight? Nah, man, you a bum. Tell you what, though. Good thing my buddy Daniel White owns a massive fighting organization and uh, they're doing a Zuckerberg versus Elon Musk fight. Tell you what, you want to get your social media clout involved? I'll fight you on that, some bitch. Or because you don't want to see me on the street, so you might as well just make a date, do it then. When you get your sex trafficking under wraps and you get out of jail or you get off house arrest or whatever the hell they got you on right now, let me know. We can set it up and figure it out. Until then, shut the Keep my name out of your mouth and uh, enjoy your cigars and trafficking women, brother. (laughs) 
Enjoy your cigars and trafficking women. Woo! I told you Andrew Tate's a fraud. Like, he gives some conservative views. He does. He gives, and, and conservatives love him, but if you do a deeper dive, we spoke on this last week. If you do a deeper dive, Andrew Tate's got squat. Serious business. There's nothing to Andrew Tate. He is an abuser. He is a trafficker. And I would love to see uh, a legend like my man here, Cerrone. I like to see him knock his ass out and then sit on him. Do what I do to my kids. It's called the size. I just sit on you. He is a sex trafficker. I don't give a damn if he says some things that maybe make sense to you all as a conservative. But if you do a deeper dive, that guy is a fraud. I'm not saying a fraud is a fighter. He would pin me in two seconds. I don't know whether he's a good fighter or not, but as a human being, that guy can kiss my backside. All right, Northwestern players. Northwestern players did not go to media day in Indy. Big Ten media day is going on right now, and so it's a big deal, right? Oh, Big Ten media day. Big Ten this, Big Ten that. Okay, great. So Northwestern players released a statement, and that statement said, we want the focus to be on football. Here's what I've always said about football and football coaches. When it really comes down to it, they're cowards. They really are. Here's the deal. Coach gets up there. He puts a jacket and tie on. He talks about integrity. He leaves the podium. He gets on a phone and tries to talk a 17, 16, 18-year-old out of his commitment. Or we flipped so-and-so. Well, that is the most lacking of character move you can make. But in college football, it's the norm. In college football, it's what you do. You flip recruits. All right, let me fast forward to this situation. So Northwestern players, I'm sure, have been taught by old Fitzy and the coaches there that you got to stand out. Hey, look, good or bad, you always got to stand tall. You got to show character. You got to face the music. All right. You don't hide. Northwestern players are gutless. Northwestern players were gutless for allowing all of the hazing to go on. They can sue the coach. They can sue the school. They can sue the athletic director. But what they really should be doing is suing their teammates. Those are the guys that thought it was a good idea to make freshmen get naked and throw them in a shower or dry hump them or whatever stupid, ridiculous, asinine things that they did naked. So I'm a Northwestern player. The easiest thing to do, I'm going to sue Northwestern. I'm going to sue the AD. I'm going to sue the president. Really? How about you sue your teammate? How about you bring charges against the people that actually did it, against the gutless cowards that just went along with things that any normal human being, particularly in 2021, 22, 23, knows is wrong. Hey, look, maybe guys were such blockheads in the 60s that you did that stuff, but I got to tell you, that crap was not happening under my watch at Bowling Green. It was not happening under Dan Rogovich's watch at Andrean. It was not happening under Bobby Knight's watch at Indiana because we're human beings. We're not farm animals. We know what's right and what's wrong. Period. I'm just telling you. So instead of all this hiding, instead of, oh, I'm mad, I'm a former quarterback, I'm going to sue the coach and the AD and the president. No, sue your teammate. Sue the fat-ass guy that carried you naked into the shower, you cowards. 
Press charges. Hazing is illegal in the great state of Illinois. Press charges. Yeah, this to me, though, is different. Now, P.J. Fleck is under fire. And let's see if more comes out of this. But I saw this story on P.J. Fleck. P.J. Fleck, uh, it's a cult. It's this. Every team is kind of a cult. What do you think the word culture means when shortened? Cult. Where does cult come from? Culture. That's where it comes from, ladies and gentlemen. It's like fan, short for fanatic. So every team has a culture. And P.J. Fleck, here's what you get. Somebody sees what Northwestern's doing, somebody's mad at P.J. Fleck, and they go, oh, oh, well, I'm going to get a little piece of this too. I'm going to strike while the iron's hot. I have to. Why? Because it's easy. Well, this, I don't know, this, this, this was a cult, short for culture. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. If there's more that comes out, I'll be all over it because that's what I do. I don't like P.J. Fleck. I think he's a fraud. I, 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 yeah, eh, eh, I don't know. Uh, P.J. Fleck had something called life program, right? A life program. It was designed to develop character through the promotion of virtuous thought words, and action. People should be thanking him as far as what I've read right now instead of belittling him as I've read it right now. I get it. I totally get it. Everybody's going to jump on it. Everybody's going, I was abused. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, P.J. Flex said these are baseless allegations. We have the full support of our athletic director and university leadership. These allegations have been looked into multiple times since 2017. So our focus will be on our football team. Two former players made allegations. The coaching staff used strenuous workouts as punishment. Yeah, okay. Fleck Bank, that gives you credits. That's the Tom Osborne thing. Tom Osborne, who became a state senator, used to have a chart. Like, you had to have, like, two felonies to miss a game. Yeah, okay. Look, don't make me start liking P.J. Fleck. Every single coach in the history of coaching has a couple of players that are mad. It's always a couple. One guy's mad. He recruits another. I don't even like this guy, Fleck. I think he's a fraud, but he's a pretty good coach, apparently. He's won at Minnesota. But you're giving me a headache. Now, what's next? Oh, my God. They did this. Oh, I had a player that went to a booster said, hey, man, if you give me money for a concert, I'll spill the beans on dockage. Yeah, good. Spill them all you want. <laughs> hey, Melvin Gordon, who's a two-time pro bowler, says he wishes he could switch positions. Melvin Gordon. Would rather be something else. Uh, Melvin Gordon, who made a nice career for himself, was an All-American at Wisconsin, says, I'm not going to downplay my career, but I definitely would have switched my position for sure. They get paid good, take less hits. They don't worry about too much. They're not having conversations. They're not getting paid enough if you're a good enough player. And I think you just get to live out your dream a little bit longer. I think our shelf life is, because of how they look at us, shortened. Their dream gets to last a little long. He's talking about going either to tight end 
or defensive back. Yeah, he's probably right. What are you going to do? I don't know what to tell you. It is what it is. You know what? Uh, you made millions. You got to play a kid's game for a long time. You should be happy. Nobody's grateful anymore. Everybody wants more. I guess including me. I want more viewers. I want more listeners. I want more people watching. I want more. I want more. I want more. Okay. But the truth of the matter is we probably should take a moment. And I did it this morning. Like, I was thinking about things, you know, and I'm, I'm like, wait a second here. Hold on. I get to do a show with the greatest network. They chose me to do one of their shows. I'm a blessed dude. Yeah, I am. I am. And I hope you feel that way too. I do. I hope you feel that way at some point today. I don't try to be inspirational. I try to be factual. I try to tell you what's what. I don't try to be like, hey, row your boat. Row this. Anyway, let me see what we got next. Oh, man, we got our guy Scott Lobato. Give me pizza or give me death. That's right. Hunter Biden has an art collection. I got to get Scott's view on it. Scott Lobato is one of the most entertaining dudes you're ever going to see. Give me pizza, Jennifer, or give me death. Please. Yes. We'll be right back. Can't wait. Stay here. Second hour is going to be better than second hour better than the first. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. My next guest is just freaking awesome. Here's a little video of my next guest, Scott Lobato. Give us pizza or give us death. Give us pizza or give us death. That was my friend, Scott, when they were trying to take, oh, maybe they still are, pizza ovens away from the folks in New York City. Scott joins us now. You are an artist by trade. Your artwork is proudly displayed behind you. Hunter Biden, as an artist, apparently sold his stuff for like damn near a million dollars to donors. Uh, is Biden Hunter style that good of stuff or have we got a little shenanigans going on here? Here's the deal. The art world is full of shit. It's a bunch of hypocritical elitists that are not tolerant. They are not open-minded. Because 30 years ago, when I tried to find myself in the art world, in Manhattan, in the big city, they didn't want anything to do with me because I am a conservative, heterosexual, white man who lives in the Isle of Staten. Staten Island is a very conservative, Republican, working man borough. So I didn't fit their mold. So I left them 30 years ago because they are, it's garbage. So as much as we can't stand Hunter Biden for a variety of reasons, as we are watching unfold now, um, it's not his fault. It's the art world's fault. And for the last 30 years, a lot of artists have come out of the closet a lot more now. That's including Hollywood. That's including musicians, uh, dancers, painters, sculptors, because yet they had to succumb to a club. See, now there are a thousand, 10,000 artists that are 10 times more creative and, uh, than I will ever be. And they never get the opportunity that this scummy, scamming artist 
artist Hunter Biden got in one of the most prominent galleries in New York City. And the idiots that pay half a million dollars, three quarters of a million dollars for this garbage that he's putting out. Now, I can't criticize because I am an artist. Is some of his work intriguing, uh, colorful, appealing? Yeah. But any sixth grade, seventh grade art student could do exactly what he did. Again, I'm not knocking the art. I'm knocking the art world that they allowed this man, this guy who just decided to pick up some blowpipes and some pencils and become an artist overnight. How sickening is that? It doesn't bother me. It should bother every single artist in this country and especially in New York City, because 90 percent, 99 percent of the artists are liberal. We all know that. I was the only one back in the day. And now they're coming out of the closet. They're seeing that it's all a scam, not just Hunter, but the art world itself. Well, I look at it from a political point of view. People that have bought his art are big time donors. It looks to me and maybe this is the way the art world has always been with a variety of things. But it looks to me, hey, look, Hunter, put out a piece of art. And this is the way we're going to funnel money to you by buying your crap that's worth 30 bucks, but we're going to pay 900000 for it as a way of funneling money to you. I've always thought the art world was involved in that kind of stuff, but maybe I watched too many movies. No, it's always been that way. They pick and choose who's going to be. I had that opportunity many decades ago. I had a group of people that were going to bankroll me to become the next artist, because that's how you become a famous artist. When you're still alive, you get bankrolled. See, but they wanted me to wear this, say this, paint that. Don't open your mouth politically. And I was like, fuck off. I'd rather be poor and die a starving artist as long as I am true to myself. What makes me a great artist, Dan? is not the execution of my work, not the style of my brush strokes. It is the subject matter in which I chose when nobody wanted to touch it. And it is the truth that I carry inside me. See, I answer to nobody. And that's what a real artist, I don't care if I drew stick figures horribly. I would still consider myself a great artist because I am me. I am my artist. I answer, I create nothing that anyone tells me to create or holds me back against whatever greatness they can promise me. Let me ask you, um, when, I, when we're dealing with Hunter Biden here and his artwork, all right, you're an artist. Great his artwork. You just said a seventh grader could basically do it, correct? I mean, look, uh, uh, Howard Stern fancies himself a painter, an artist. We got Hunter Biden. It, it, is, it, is it so ridiculous that it, 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 you just laugh at it? Or is it, you mentioned he has some colors and some stuff like that. Or is it like, all right, I can see where he's headed here. Yeah, it's, it's two things. One that you said, it's like, okay, how do I get some money flowing through? Uh, he could have said, you know what, I'm going to sing. And he could maybe sing like uh, a 14 year old in the in the choir. OK, so because he could sing, therefore, they're going to make him this big star to make money to funnel through like everything else. This is the same thing. So he 
he dabbles in art. Again, I'm not here to critique his work, his brush strokes. I'm here to critique all of a sudden he became an artist. Why, in my opinion, to funnel money a quick way because he's got the name. He's got the Biden name. If Joe, if Hunter Biden was just some guy that lived down the street from me and started doing this, forget it. It would never go. It would never go anywhere. It would go on a greeting card to give to his grandmother. That's as far as it would go. But because of his name, he's using it. And again, back to the biggest culprit. You know, we know what kind of scum these people are, these Bidens are. It's all falling apart at the seams. We're watching it happen. Thank God that happened yesterday in the courtroom with that judge. Thank God that happened. And it's the art world who just says, okay, because they make money off of this. You understand? It's not about art. It's about fucking money. Money. And us artists want to make money. We want to live. We want to eat. But it's about the art before it is anything. I could be a millionaire 10 times over, Dan, but I chose not to succumb to the isms of a creepy, do it my way or the highway, so-called tolerant art world. And that's what art is supposed to be, tolerant. And it is not. I am the example of that because I didn't fit their fucking mold. Hey, show me some of your stuff. I'm sorry, my friend. Show me some of your stuff. Show me some of your pieces. I mean, I could move the camera around if it's... Uh... There you go. There you go. This is your studio, right? Yeah, this is my studio. Look at that. 9-11. There you go. Right, and then we get... Uh... Now... How tolerant of the Donald Trump piece would the art world be? Uh, obviously, yeah. I think we all know the answer to that. Zero, zero tolerance. You know, and again, I don't care. Hey. That's why I have so much respect for Donald Trump, because we are exactly the same in different forms of life. He's a president. OK, and I'm an artist. He didn't answer to anybody. See, that's why they hate him on both sides. That's why they are knocking the hell out of him every day with these bullshit allegations because they fear him because he doesn't answer to the machine. He doesn't answer to Soros or the globalists and everybody hates him. They envy him. Same with me. The art world hates my guts. They would never give me a gallery if I became the next Michelangelo. And that's fine because I do it my way. It's, 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 that's how screwed up this country has become when the freedom to do what you're supposed to or what you want to do becomes oppressed, becomes evil. It's, oh, no, you have to answer. The, the freedom has been taken away. But guys like me and Trump, I will go down with this ship. I don't care what anybody tries to do to me. My freedom. I am an eagle. I will live and I will die an eagle answering to nobody. Hey, Scott, last thing before I let you go. We showed the clip. Uh, what has happened in the few weeks that, you know, since give me pizza, give me death, what's happened with your idiot mayor, Eric Adams, and his desire to take away, I guess, pizza, wood-burning stoves, any stupidity? What, what's happened here? Well, he uh, publicly, if you remember, it was on every news outlet across the world, he publicly invited me to come sit with him to discuss 
the issue and try to show him the reasons why this is bullshit. This is insanity. Uh, and he keeps pussyfooting around. He was supposed to meet. And then he, I texted him. He texted me. We, you know, we've been in contact. And he said, ah, you got some baggage because of your history. I'm like, one has nothing to do with the other, Mayor. If you, you, you're going to be the man that you say you are, I'll be the man that I say I am. I'm going to come there and discuss the Pizzagate and nothing else. Then his lawyer called me. So we're resetting up another meeting and hopefully that happens soon. And if it does not happen soon, my friend, we will block out the sun. There will be more pizza flying over the gates of City Hall because I am holding back thousands of people who love pizza, who own pizzerias, who want to throw pizza over that fence. And we're going to bring two pizzas, one to throw, one to feed the homeless. But I'm going to give them the benefit nice. of the doubt. Hopefully we meet and this gets squashed. Yeah, that ain't happening. I mean, what I think about him and politicians, uh, you're too bold for them. You, they, they, they would fear an embarrassment, meaning you would say something that they can't answer. Uh, and what I've learned is politicians don't like that move at all. No, but I, uh, I am, I've been doing this a lot longer than he has, and I'm going to be a gentleman, courteous, and I'm going to convince him with common sense that this has to be straightened out. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Anybody wants to catch up on me? ScottLobato.com. There you go. ScottLobato.com is where to go. Some great looking art pieces right there. You know, it's a damn shame because I guarantee you that the art community viewed or viewed itself, not necessarily views, but viewed itself as the most tolerant of us all. Isn't that what the left tells us? We are the most tolerant until, well, we don't like your view or we don't like your look or you're a heterosexual white man. Uh, then we don't like anything about you and you got to prove to us. It's all a bunch of crap. And I guess here's the thing that I've always said, Donald Trump, you can like him, you can dislike him, but you can't disagree that he put clearly a line in the sand. Used to be CNN would try to fake us. Used to be CNN would try to, ah, you know what? We're for everybody. We're the news. Now it's clear. Well, no, they're far left. Now it's clear the art community is far left. Now it's clear that the LGBTQ community is far left. We've seen this and it's nothing wrong. I mean, look, at least people are starting to get a little bit more honest in who they really are. And as Scott just said, look, hey, uh, you can say one thing, but you got to act on it. All right. We've got awards. More embarrassing story. You ready? Carly Russell, her fake Juicy Smollett abduction story. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, this clown somehow, some way, faked seeing a baby in diapers walking on the road and said she got abducted. Everybody went crazy. Today's show went nuts. Oh, my God. And, of course, what she say, ah, it's a hoax. That's why you don't always believe anyone. I remember, what, a couple years back, always believe the woman. Are you crazy? Oh, hell no. My sister is a 25-year prosecutor. She laughed at that. Always believe what? Hell no. So what was more embarrassing, Carly Russell and her fake abduction story or LeBron's tequila executive brawling in Vegas. Man, I don't know. Both of them, you got to answer. Uh, what, 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 what happened was, 
I uh, let's go through boat. What happened was I, I, I faked an abduction because, well, I'm mentally ill. And the world has just gotten to me. LeBron James asks, hey, uh, lady, what, what the hell are you doing fighting in the middle of a Vegas casino? Whoa, whoa, LeBron, whoa, 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 what, 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 what had happened was uh, I'm an idiot. My thigh tattoo and my big ass got in the way of common sense. Which do you think? I'm going to go to the YouTube chat on this one. Which do you think? I'm going to go, I don't know. I'm going to go with LeBron's tequila lady, and I'll tell you why. It's simple. The reason I'm going to say tequila lady is because she actually has a job that's important. This other lady goes to, like, community college and by all accounts was an upstanding citizen. But come on. Both of you are idiots. Both of you need to stop. And But the more embarrassing is probably LeBron's gal. Doesn't matter to LeBron. They could fire her tomorrow and people would go like, well, you should. But I don't know. That seems to be to be the most embarrassing. Would you rather, would you rather be Hunter Biden's legal counsel or be forced to watch The View every day for a year. I don't want to be Hunter Biden's legal counsel because Hunter Biden's legal counsel, their career as a big shot attorney is over. It's done. Because if you know anything, I called my brother yesterday and I said, hey, tell me about how this could happen. How could Hunter Biden's legal team not know what was going to happen in that courtroom? Not have somebody that knew. It was this judge that good, that secretive, when she turned over and dismissed, discarded, disgraced the Department of Justice's made-up two-tier plea agreement with Hunter Biden. And in one fell swoop, she exposed the Department of Justice for the fraud that it is in this case, and she exposed the legal team of Hunter Biden for being just simply god-awful. That's exactly what she did. And, of course, in the other side of it, if I got to watch The View, does it say I got to have the volume up? Ha! Like, I got to tell you, I don't think I have ever watched, with the volume up, uh, Stephen A. Smith's show. Like, it's on right now, and I got three idiots talking. All right. And Stefan Diggs is doing this. And I'm sure Ryan Clark and Harry Douglas and Stephen A. Smith are saying that Stefan Diggs acting like an idiot on the sideline is a good thing because he's African-American and that's what these guys do. But I would watch The View if I didn't have the damn sound up. I mean, I would rather do that because, look, I go about my business. The View is like one hour a day, right, or however long it is. And then I go work on my show or I go play golf or I go uh, do something with Lee, go to lunch. I'm going to lunch with former Hoosier Brian Sloan today. I mean, I don't – but the lawyers for Biden are done. Uh Uh-oh, did I freeze? I don't want to freeze. I don't think I should freeze. It looks like I froze it with my hands way up in the air. Next, biggest cheater. Biggest cheater, Jim Harbaugh or Will Wade? Oh, this one isn't close. Will Wade by a mile. 
Whatever Harbaugh did, it's because Harbaugh is a fraud. And we all know this. Harbaugh is just a guy that, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian man. Do as I say, not as I do. Look, Will Wade's just a dirtbag. I mean, everybody knew Will Wade's a dirtbag. Will Wade's a pretty nice guy. I had a chance to talk to him a couple times. I had a chance to do his games. I talked to him in Maui for a while. He's great, nice guy. But I got to tell you, in terms of cheating, he wrote the book. And here's why I say Will Wade wrote the book. Because Will Wade was smart enough to use his own money to cheat. That's right. He didn't use a bag man. He didn't use a middleman. He used his own scratch. Jim Harbaugh's just a dirtbag. He's one of those fake religious guys. That's all he is. He's a phony religious guy that when push came to shove, didn't have the balls to say, hey, look, here's what I did. He lied. He tried to lie. So I would absolutely think both of them are frauds, but Will Wade is by far a bigger cheater. Uh, Harbaugh's a bigger disappointment. He's a much bigger disappointment, no question. Because you would like to believe that Jim Harbaugh, who was raised by what is, I guess, great parents, has a nice sister, Tom Crean's wife, great, great lady. I've always enjoyed talking to her. And I've always liked John Harbaugh, his brother. He's always been good to me. But I got to tell you, this guy's a fraud. When you try to stand up there and pontificate, and then you don't do what you pontificate, you're a fraud by definition. So, But Will Wade, I mean, he's on another level. Crazier contract story. The Celtics giving Jalen Brown $60 million a year, the richest NBA deal ever, or Mbappe turning down a billion. $776 million. Man, that's a great question. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I know this guy Mbappe has got more money than sense. I get that. And, but still, it's $776 million up front right here. Let's go one year. You can go go to Real, Real Madrid later. Imagine turn, I've always said, man, it, it's hard for me to turn down anything. I'm going to turn down a job here coming up in radio, and it's not a lot of money, but still, turning down any job for any amount of money in this economy is like, hey, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. That's a tough decision. That's not easy. But this dude turns down $776 million. That's not as crazy as giving Jalen Brown $60 million a year. Many, many people, many people go see this guy Mbappe. Like, people nationally, worldwide, not nationally, worldwide, go, hey, Mbappe's playing. He is? Yeah. We got to go see him. All right, let's go. Right? Nobody is saying, hey, look, I got to go see Jalen Brown. Hey, does anybody have their Jalen Brown jersey? What? We need a Jalen Brown jersey. Oh, okay. Nobody does that. At least nobody that I know. So Jalen Brown getting $60 million is insane to me. I mean, absolutely insane. Mbappe, I don't understand, maybe. Maybe I don't understand the, uh, what's the right word, the European world. Mbappe's got 13 million followers on Twitter. I don't even know how many he's got on Instagram. Man. 776, but I still say it's crazier to give Jalen Brown the most money in the NBA. Uh, worst owner, Daniel Snyder or Michael Jordan? This one's easy. 
This is Daniel Snyder today. This is Daniel Snyder tomorrow. This is Daniel Snyder the next day. You know, Michael Jordan never really had, um, I don't know, internal complaints like Mark Cuban had or like Daniel Snyder had. He didn't have sexual misconduct. He didn't have any of that stuff. He didn't. Michael Jordan just didn't win. Michael Jordan turned a $275 million investment into $3 billion. Daniel Snyder did the same thing, but Daniel Snyder, too much. When you're being fined $60 million for what you allowed your culture to be, then I got to tell you, you're a bad owner. Might be the worst owner ever. Might be the worst owner in the history of the NFL. Now, I'm sure there's others, and I'm sure you'll come up with maybe Jerry Richardson. I don't know. A lot of people, obviously, in Cleveland don't like Ursay, don't like Art Modell, don't like anybody. I get it. People in Baltimore, excuse me, don't like Ursay. Art Modell, people in Cleveland don't like. I get it. But when you look at the full scope of things, has there ever been, ever, ever, been a worse owner ever than Daniel Snyder? The dude doesn't even own the team anymore, and he's got to pay $60 million back to the NBA. Or the NFL, excuse me, not the NBA. That's a bad owner. Really bad. Jordan just made money. Look, here's the thing I like about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan just going to tell you who he is. Republicans buy shoes too. Now, Michael Jordan, every once in a while puts his, uh, you know, spin on politics. He'll defend an African-American or endorse an African-American. He'll give to some causes. Good for him. But let's be totally honest. That dude is about one thing and about one thing only, the acquisition of wealth. And he makes no bones about it. I don't know what to tell you, but I ain't mad at it. All right. I got a bunch of stuff to get to today. I ain't done here. We got a golfer and his caddy playing together in a PGA Tour event. I got a whistleblower. My wife has been ahead of this. The lovely Lee Ross, I got to get her on the show. She's talked about two things. We are going to have the walking dead among us. Zombies will walk our planet. And UFOs are real. That's my wife's stance. If my wife is going to run for political office, what do you think, Ms. Uh, lovely Lee Ross Dockets, LLRD? Well... If you're really going to ask me, I'm going to tell you. I think we're going to have white walkers walking among us, zombies. I think UFOs are real. Well, I got to tell you, I got a video coming up that's going to tell you UFOs are real. That's why you got to stay here. We're rocking and rolling. We are. Oh, by the way, Delvin Cook is going to join the J-E-T-S-S, or at least he is out visiting the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, I ain't mad at the Jets. Hey, at least be interesting. And do me a favor. There you go. Subscribe and like. It's the polite thing to do. It is. It's the polite thing to do. Subscribing and liking our show. It's just polite. It is. We'll be right back. UFOs are real, apparently. I'll tell you, and I'll show you next. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Hey, I don't know if you saw this, but the United States women's soccer team played to a one-to-one tie with the Netherlands. And look, I'm not happy about it. I'm not sad about it. I watched it, and I got to tell you, wow. 
I understand how the U.S. women's national soccer team lost to a 13 or 15-year-old boys team. Wow. You know, watching women's basketball, there's a lot of jump balls. Watching women's soccer, there's a lot of headers. I know that can go a long way. Don't. I'm just watching last night, and everybody's using their head. I don't know. All right, a UFO whistleblower testifies to Congress, listen to this now, that non-human bodies have been recovered. And he doesn't rule out that there are others among us. Let's go. Let's see it. The testimony yesterday. If you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Um, were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. There you go. We got non-human biologics. I don't know what that means. I don't know if a fern came down in a spaceship or... A coffee mug came down and we're figuring out what it is. But hey, I'm telling you, this is going to get interesting as we move forward. The one thing that every single president has been charged with is keeping his mouth shut when it comes to UFOs. Look it up. Now, this may be a conspiracy theory. If it's a left-wing conspiracy theory, then it's certainly not going to be true. If it's a right-wing conspiracy theory, then you all know how this ends up. We all know how this ends up. This ends up being true. I don't know, but I know this. Uh, The lovely Lee Ross sent me a text with this saying, see, see, I told you, Hmm. I need more evidence. Like people, even the ones that go in front of Congress, like the lady that what's his face, what's her face, not what's her face, the what's her face lady, I think her name was Robinson, that uh, our friend Riley Gaines just crushed. So idiots can go in front of Congress. I don't know, though. My wife's pretty sure. There it is right there. That thing fell out of the sky, at least according to us. Why are they always silver? Why are they always like that? Why are they always round? Yeah. What the hell's going on around here? They're always circular. Did somebody on the Jetsons way back in the 70s know something that we all should be knowing now? I don't know, but that looks real to me. Eric Van Royen. You know who Eric Van Royen is? Well... Eric Van Royen is a golfer, a pretty good golfer on the PGA Tour. Eric Van Royen played golf at the University of Wisconsin with Alex Gorett. Gaugert. Alex Gaugert, for the last two years, this is a pretty cool story, was Alex or Eric Van Royen's caddy. He caddied for Van Royen. They were college teammates. Well, Gaugert is pretty good. He's actually really, really good. He qualified. Shot 65. He qualified for the 3M Open this week. He did. There you see him on the left and Royan on the right. So Goggert qualifies, all right, for the Open, the 3M Open. Guess what? The 3M Open has a sense of humor. It's going to be at 2 o'clock today, or I guess 2 o'clock, it's in Minnesota, so 3 o'clock Eastern. It's going to be Ryan Moore, Eric Van Royen, and Gaugert in a group, teeing off to start the 3M Open. Gaugert was one of four players who qualified. Listen to this. The dude shot a 65. And then he 
and to get in a playoff. Four guys, three spots, he got into the playoff. That's pretty cool. Very cool. Now, for Van Roy, and this is a big week, he's 127th in FedEx standings, two events left before the playoffs, top 70 get in. I got to tell you something. This has driven old men crazy. This is a story, and if you want to look this person up, what you are going to say is, oh, my God, at least according to all of my friends. Now, I don't necessarily hang with perverts, but I do have a group that is like, hey, they, I don't know, they push it. Golfer Lilia Schneider jumped on the cart of Bryson DeChambeau, all right? Lillian Schneider is from Indiana. She's from Marion. Actually, she's from Michigan, but she goes to school at Marion, Indiana. Lillian Schneider might be the hottest woman ever to golf. No, I'm sorry. She just might be. Outkick did an article on her, and I got to tell you, she is absolutely driving all of my friends in this group chat insane. The last tweet just came in from a friend of mine says, damn, I got to see their mother, their grandmother, or her aunt because Lily's sister is equally as beautiful. Good for the Schneider sisters. She simply jumped on the back of Bryson DeChambeau's cart, and because she is so hot, the the world took notice. Bryson DeChambeau took notice. Well, she's back. She's doing what college girls do. She's posing on Instagram in a bikini and making old men crazy. There you go. All right. That's true. (laughs) Friend of mine just sent a text. Gotta be the hottest woman ever named Estelle. (laughs) Estelle Getty was hot on the Golden Girls. What's your problem? All right. Hey, Messi. Messi's got people that are crazy. Messi is in Miami. And you know, like anywhere else, there are subscriptions to watch any sport. What do you want? You want a subscription to watch, I don't know, NFL football on Apple? You want a subscription to watch Major League Baseball? There's a subscription to watch the MLS. Nobody got it. Why would you get an MLS subscription unless you were really into soccer or you like betting it? By the way, I am the betting master on the TBT. I just hit another one with Purdue yesterday. But anyway, all of a sudden, because of Messi, ladies and gentlemen, subscriptions to the league pass of the MLS have gone over a million. I was on Varney and Company, and I said, look, this is a big deal for soccer. This is a really big deal. This is a huge deal. But the truth of the matter is, it's a huge deal financially because that's where you make your money. You make your money on TV subscriptions, and that guy right there, Messi, with 497 million Instagram followers. I'm going to say that again. 497 million Instagram followers is what Messi has. I went crazy eyes. I went big, crazy Serbian eyes on you right there. That's what he has. You don't think that's going to make a difference? Of course that's going to make a difference. These guys can't stop. I'm not showing you the text. 
because some of them aren't appropriate for children. Hey, a friend of mine just asked me, and I want your opinion on this. A friend of mine just sent me a text. Hey, Dan, is there anything more shaming than having to call the hotel front desk for a plunger? Yeah, I don't know. Hey, Cole Komet, a nondescript uh, tight end for the Chicago Bears, signed for four years, 50 million clams. That's 5-0. That's almost what, oh, I don't know, Jalen Brown is going to make in a year. I'm going to say that again. Cole Komet's a nice player. Don't get me wrong. He's a nice player. But Cole Komet, four years, $50 million. As we say in my neighborhood, Cole Komet got paid, yo. He did. Cole Komet got really paid. And you know what? Good for Cole Komet. Let's be honest. Cole Komet got paid. I ain't mad about it. He's playing for a bad quarterback who is, well, I don't know, going to have all kind of people excited. So there you go. Uh, former Yankee CC Sabathia says that Sohei Otani should be traded. I say Crepola. I say that's garbage. I say the Angels are doing exactly what they should be doing. What are they doing? Well, they just picked up Lucas Gigolito, who threw a no-hitter a year or two back. But Eddie called it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do everything in my power to surround Otani with players. I just am. I'm sorry. I understand it may not be what everybody else wants. It may not go to the analytics. But you know what I think about? I think about the fans. I think about, look, I got a once-in-a-lifetime player here. I got a guy that not only fills the seats, but makes us nationally relevant in Sohei Otani. I ain't trading him. I don't give a damn. I owe it to Otani to do my best as an owner. I owe it to him to put a team together. And I get it. I get it. The Angels are 6-1 and one in their last seven. They're a little bit more exciting now because, well, they've won. That's the deal. But if I am the Angels, I don't give a damn whether or not CC Sabathia, anybody on MLB Network, I don't care. I'm three games over 500. I'm six games out to the Rangers. I, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going for it. I can't tank. I can't tank when I got a great player. I just can't do it. Hey, our friend, Ennis Cantor Freedom, is possibly eyeing a congressional bid. Now, you guys, whenever we have Ennis Cantor Freedom on the show, you all love it because Ennis Cantor Freedom is one of the nicest guys in the history of the world. And he makes sense. He does. He makes good sense. He makes great sense. And people can get mad at him, but he's saying that when God speaks, I listen. I don't blame him. When God speaks, I listen. We all should listen. Now, he is eyeing potentially a run at Congress. Now, I don't know whether he would win or not. I mean, I don't know. Remember, this is a guy that took on China. This is a guy that takes on the NBA. This is a guy that, I well, got a lot of evil forces against him. Here's what he said. I want to run in a state where they cherish and care about freedom the most. 
You know, and also where there's a lot of sunshine and beach, I will say it's a little too early for me to run because right now, unfortunately, our country is so divided. Once you get into politics, you lose 50% of the people. So when the time is right, I'm definitely thinking about it, maybe 26 or 28, more likely 28. Every time I go to Capitol Hill to work on something, and all these members are saying, like, what are you waiting for? We need your voice. Bring your voice to the Congress or Senate. We can make a huge change. I'll be running in the future, but it is a little too early now. All right. But here's what you got to do. You got to lose the stuff about the beach. You got to lose the stuff. You, you just do. Yeah, you do. You got to lose that kind of stuff. You got to just talk about being a man of the people because that's who you are. You do. I'm sorry. You just, <clears throat> you really do. You, you, you got to be the man that people are like, yep. Uh-huh. He's the guy. He is the guy for us, for me. He is my, his voice resonates with my voice. It does, and that's what you got to be. So don't talk about whether or not the sun is shining. That makes you sound frivolous. Don't do that. I should run campaigns. In fact, there was a time where I reached out to Donald Trump when he was still running, when he wasn't a racist yet, when he wasn't all those things, he was running. And I said, look, I'm here for you. I'll help you. $300 million bond. I'm going to say it again. $300 million bond. There's a guy named Joe Lewis, not the boxer. Joe Lewis is a British billionaire. He's the owner of the Tottenham Hotspurs. So the owner of the Tottenham Hotspurs had an elaborate insider trading deal, and the Southern District of New York got involved. Well, we all know what happens when the Southern District of New York gets involved in anything other than college basketball. This 86-year-old dude schemed for years to abuse his access to corporate boardrooms, repeatedly provided insider information to his sex partners. Yeah. His assistants, private pilots, and friends, he orchestrated a brazen insider scheme. So this guy has been charged in the United States with the biggest insider trading deal ever. His net worth is $6.1 billion. Billion. He, private, he pirated some or pro- founded an investment firm Travis Stock and became a majority owner in Tottenham 20 years ago. His majority stake is worth $50 billion. He's the ninth, well, I'm sorry, his soccer team is the ninth most valuable club in the world. My man here, my man here said, hey, look, I'm rich and I'm going to get richer and I'm going to make all of you guys get richer. So here's what he did. He posted $300 million in bonds. He gave up a private plane. He gave up a super yacht. We have released him on a $300 million bond. It will be secured by his yacht called Aviva. The yacht is a $250 million super yacht. It's 322 feet in length. (laughs) He can't use his plane either. He can only use it to court appearance. This is seriously going to hinder this guy. It really is. 19 count indictment, securities fraud. Yeah. All right. Good for him. He was just, you know what he was? I view him as Robin Hood. He just a guy giving out tips to people that need money. That's how I view him. He just a guy that's saying, hey, you're my lover. I'm paying you, not as a hooker, 
I'm paying you as my lover in stock tips. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I do. I like it. I'm not mad at it. Uh, I think that that's the way it should go. I do. All right. St. Philip's College in San Antonio, Texas, fired biology professor. Listen to this. Uh, Johnson Varkey, Dr. Johnson Varkey, taught his students that sex was determined by X and Y chromosomes and that reproduction must occur between a male and a female. He said, if you want to continue the human species, men and women need to have sex. And he got fired. Now, I don't know what world we're all living in. We're living in wacko world. We're living in some kind of crazy world. But that's what this guy got fired for. He got fired for discrimination, for teaching sex was determined by chromosomes. A biology professor got fired for teaching the most basic level of biology, XY chromosomes, men and women having sex. Okay. I mean, let's think about that just for a second. Just for a second. You're sending your children to a school. All St. Philip's. All St. Philip's College. One of the Alamo Colleges, for crying out loud. It's an Alamo, Alamo College. How could anything go wrong? Uh, this professor filed a discrimination charge. I don't blame him. And he's an African-American professor. Holy cow. To fire an African-American professor, first, you got to be pretty serious that you don't like what he said. I mean, let's be honest. He taught from school-approved and science-based curriculum. St. Philip's College claims his teaching was religious. Now, I don't know anything, but it says St. Philip's on it. Wouldn't you want religious teaching? (laughs) Oh, man. They said the complaint against him contains several reports of religious preaching, discriminatory comments about homosexuals, transgender individuals, anti-abortion rhetoric, and misogynist banter. He violated the highest standards of academic honesty and integrity. Okay. All right. Oh, all right. The world we live in. The world we live in. Hey, look, I'm not even mad at it anymore. How can you be mad at it? You can't get mad at the world we live in because the world we live in, we know the world. It's insane. The world we live in is completely out of its mind. The world we live in could not be more nuts. The world we live in is a world where if you say men, only men can have babies, or only men, excuse me, let me start again, only women can have babies, you get fired. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. No. Oh. All right. All right. Hey, Dan, I saw this piece at the Stutz building. It's called Donocchio. Oh, the liberal art community put up a picture of Donald Trump with a big nose. Yay, Rob. All right. All right. Let's, uh, did you know that the Department of Justice dropped charges against that Bankman-Fried punk? How about that? 
All right, let's see what we got based on Woke Dope today. I love woking and doping. It's one of my favorite things to do. Let's see what kind of Woke Dope clowns are out there. How can they say, how can they have worsened? We've added indoctrination, multiple biased, and subtracted parents. So the kids could be better at division. This is really clever. This is really, really clever. Mass scores are down. Really? How can they have worsened? We've added indoctrination, multiplied bias, and subtracted parents so that kids could be better at division. I see what they did here. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you did here. That's pretty clever. I'm not mad at it. Whatever happened to good old-fashioned reading, writing, and arithmeticing? Whatever happened to that? Why do I got to send my kid to school to learn about who he's supposed to have sex with or what sex he is or he isn't? Doesn't seem right. I would be, I would bet in the majority of schools, I would, I would bet in the majority of schools out there that they're teaching reading, writing, and arithmetic. I would bet. At least that's what my daughter tells me. She was a teacher. She's not anymore. She works for a great education company. Uh, but I would bet that's what they're telling her. I would bet. But, hey, look, the world is nuts. All right, let's see. What's next? I love woke dopes I do. Just curious. How many countries tax their citizen so they can send money to the United States? Woo! I saw another hundreds of millions was headed yesterday or the day before to the Ukraine. You know, it's funny. Every time I say this, every time I say I have no interest whatsoever at all, none, zero, zip, in sending in my tax money this year, first time ever, I've always felt like, all right, and I've said this many times on this show, all right, okay, yeah, I get it, yeah, I got to pay taxes, I'm sure, okay. You know, I want nice roads. I want good schools, but I don't have good schools. India, I don't have nice roads. We're sending the money to Ukraine. I would like to know where exactly are my tax dollars going? I mean, where exactly are they going? They're not going where I would choose them to go. You want to help the inner city? Help the inner city. I don't care about that. I don't need to help Ukraine. How about we help our schools? I'm just curious because this is a great comment. It's a great comment. How many countries tax their citizens so they can send money to the United States? That's pretty good. No, that's really good. Uh, Let's go next. Democrats with MTG displays pornographic images of Hunter Biden during the IRS hearing. Oh, yeah, that green lady. What kind of material belongs in a children? That kind of material belongs in a children's library. Look at Joffrey. Yeah, he's right. Look, hey, oh my God. Oh my God. The green lady showed pornographic material that Hunter Biden did and used. Oh my God. Can you believe it? Uh, okay. Put that in the library. The world is insane. The world is really, really funny. The world has me cracking up. It really does. It's got me just absolutely laughing. Because the world we live in has no shame. 
I mean, do we have another one? I think we're done. The world we live in has no shame. So yesterday, MJP, isn't that what she's called or whatever, the KJP, the uh, woman, the world's worst diversity hire, was asked by a member of the media, hey, look, lady, the Fed just raised interest rates to the highest point in 22 years. KJP said, well, we have no comment. They're an independent organization. We allow them to do what they need to do. Really? What if the Fed had lowered interest rates? Oh, my God, you would have heard it. You would have heard Biden economics, Bidenomics. Bidenomics suck. Go to the grocery store. You know they suck. But it was just funny to me yesterday. KJP said, well, you know, we, 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 we don't comment on that. We, we can't comment on that because they're an independent organization. Well, isn't the gas industry an independent organization? I don't know. Stock market's independent. Every time it goes up a dime, they're losing their mind. Uh, all I know is this. There is no shame. There is absolutely no shame. That whole thing with slaves being taught that it was good to be slaves down in Florida is a complete sham. See, the deal is simple. The deal is very, very simple. Don't fall for this stuff. Don't fall for the misdirection. You're hearing it now. What did Biden say the other day? He said that 100 people have died from COVID. He's bringing back COVID. Why? He's bringing back COVID because we're getting close to an election year. They got to go back to slavery, which we all know they go to like it's their job until we find out that Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, well, they both were family, families had slaves. And then we shut that one down. They go back to the old standbys. Don't let it happen. Don't fall for it. Just simply don't fall for it. It's that simple. Hey, I got a couple sports things before we go. Uh, <laughs> couple of things. Couple of things. First off, a lot of you think you don't understand uh, sports dockets. You got to trade Otani now. All right. Okay. The Big 12 voted, hey, we'll take you, Colorado. So Colorado goes to where it should go. The Deion Sanders effect is real. Would this have happened if Deion Sanders hadn't been the coach? I think it would have. But let me ask you this question. We're going to listen this winter nauseatingly to Bill Walton tell us about the Conference of Champions. Where are you going to watch the Conference of Champions? Who's in the Conference of Champions, the Pac-12? Serious business. Like, I know USC is. I know Arizona, Arizona State, and UCLA, Washington, and Oregon. But are Washington and Oregon really going to be in the Conference of Champions when I sit here a year from now? I don't know, man. But it is fascinating. So the Conference of Champions loses another one. This time, it's Colorado. I don't know if you saw this, but Aaron Rodgers took a $35 million pay cut. To go to the Jets, he took a $35 million pay cut by voluntarily reducing his salary. He signed a two-year $75 million contract. It's fully guaranteed. He was due to make close to $110 million in guarantees on his previous deal. Now, I'm no math major, but his previous deal was, oh, I don't know, $35 million more. Man, you're 39 years old. Uh, $35 million is a lot of green. So good for Aaron Rodgers. I know Aaron Rodgers catches hell, but good for Aaron Rodgers. Seriously, good for Aaron Rodgers. I'm glad he did that. Aaron Rodgers, I just saw a thing. Is he going to play till he's 45? I don't know. 
but he seems to be reinvigorated. Dalvin Cook comes over. That helps. But anyway, I know Aaron Rodgers catches a lot of crap. Good for Aaron Rodgers. By the way, DeMar Hamlin showed back up, and he's practicing with the Bills. That's good news as well. We ended on some good news. Hope everybody had a wonderful day. Thank all of you that are on the YouTube chat. You guys are blasting off as always. Thank all of you that have been here all day with me. Uh, Otter Creek, you are the leader, man. You are always first, and I appreciate you. Do me a favor. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. It's the polite thing to do. It really is. We would love to have you as a member of the OutKick team. Hey, if you want to donate to our bikes program, we've changed things around at standockets.com. Sean Black, let me know if you got that shirt for your dad. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to everybody. Uh, JPG would love to know the amount of time daily talking about Hunter Biden versus sports. Uh, I don't know. DD is obsessed with the guy. Yeah, okay. I mean, whatever you think. You know, I've learned. I don't argue with you. You think so? You think so? Kick subscribe and like. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.